think one、um, mm. very prominent phenomenon is the degree bubble or degree、mm. inflation in China that、mm. the students have been witnessing in recent years. Why some of the uh, uh, youngsters are still being selective over their jobs because their parents can't really afford it. I don't think that it's fair to to draw too many conclusions about the economy in general. What you're seeing in, with a headline such as that one is there's always this interest in how how is China doing and how is the Chinese economy doing,、um, and if there's some you know some bad news and, that, that can be identified, then then of course the media want to tie those things together. The chat lounge. Chat lounge. Chat lounge. The chat lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Welcome to Chat Lounge. I'm Liu Kun. Figures show that China's surveyed urban unemployment rate has been holding steady in the past few months, but joblessness among those aged 16 to 24 rose to 21.3 percent in June from 20.8 percent in May. How should we view China's recent youth unemployment rate in a global context? Is it fair to make the assessment that China's growth is going downward based on an around twenty percent youth unemployment rate? Now, for these questions and more, I'm joined by Chen Chenchen, economist with Renmin University of China; Michael Powers, Zurich Insurance Group professor of risk and finance at Tsinghua University; also Liu Baocheng, director of the Center for International Business Ethics, University of International Business and Economics. Thank you all, and a big welcome to the show.、Uh, now. Let's let's get in right into it.、Uh, one basic question I want、uh, um, an answer from all of you is why is youth unemployment rate、um, particularly important for a country for an economy? What's the significance of serving it regular, regularly? Regularly,、uh, Chen Chen, maybe let's start with you. Yes, of course, Quinn. Um, it's very important to have a survey of the unemployment rate very regularly because it's a very important economic health indicator, and also especially in China, the government uses this、uh, indicator as a significant reference to look at the social stability,、um, and the government also relies on it to、um, for its policy formulation. But one concern for me is that actually even in top colleges in China nowadays. Uh, to what extent uh, these uh, unemployment rates among, for example, the college graduates is still um, um, a questionable?、Uh, there's a big question mark、mm. because, for example, in、uh, college for the、uh, graduate management,、um, they usually rely on、uh, the signing of the three-party agreements.、Mm. I mean, the graduates. A graduate individual and the school, and also、uh, the hiring mm. company. Mm.、Um, so、the three-party agreement is there. They believe they are employed, but that's not necessarily the true scenario.、Mm. So I think the statistics credibility is also、uh, very important.、Mm. Well, we'll see to some of those details as you mentioned later in the show. But、uh, Professor Powers,、uh, what's your take? Yes.、Mm. Um, I, I think that in addition to the the fundamental economic issues、um, regarding the, the the current state of the the economy, it's it's also good to look at the youth unemployment rate in terms of understanding、um, whether universities are providing the the appropriate preparation for、mm. students coming out 
into the job market today, and also for understanding um, whether there are additional social and cultural um, forces at work beyond um, the dynamics of the economy uh, that may be playing a role in in, in the um, the youth unemployment rate. So I, I think that those are some pragmatic issues mm. uh, or pragmatic um, reasons that, that this is particularly important. But um, in a longer term, more aspirational sense, I think clearly young people uh, represent the future of the economy. And um, it's very important to make sure that they are trained, uh, they are educated for the the economy, uh, the the economy's growth sectors, Mm. and also that they have a good experience and find themselves well-placed. Uh, for longer-term careers into the future. Mm, Indeed. Now, Professor Liu, what's your take? Well, if you look at the demographic, uh, the uh, uh, distribution, Mm. uh, we do see a a pretty much a fracture uh, because uh, we face uh, nearly 20% of the age population, and we do expect the younger uh, population are there to join the workforce. Uh, to boost uh, not only the economic growth, but also uh, high-quality growth. So, mm-hmm. uh, therefore, the uh, policymakers and also the society do expect that uh, they will turn out to be a dynamic workforce. But uh, at the moment, the uh, high unemployment rate does give a, uh, quite a setback in the uh, optimism towards the ch- uh, new Chinese uh, high quality growth Mm. and uh, the other issue is that because youngsters they are really considered to be energetic and uh, if uh, they stay put and uh, remain unemployed and there will be a lot of social problems that Mm. might uh, be created for example the uh, they may face distress they may face uh, a sense of failure and they are really the sun's uh, rising mm. generation but uh, if they go for sunsetting before they really rise <laughs> to the top of the sky so that's uh, going to be a big problem mm. and uh, uh, even worse uh, for some of the developing countries we do see that uh, the higher uh, youth unemployment creates a lot of social instability and they, uh, many of them really turn into social violence and gun- join the gunsters and even doing drugs and uh, in despair. Mm-hmm. So that's why the government attaches uh, the utmost importance in boosting the uh, youth uh, employment rate. But at the moment, when China is really going through a very rapid transformation, mm-hmm. uh, both on the industrial structure and also on the uh, the mechanization and digitization, and this is a very much a difficult situation that we are facing. Mm, indeed. Now, uh, as Professor Liu mentioned, um, different the the youth unemployment rate varies um, in different countries. I have some figures here. Uh, as I said earlier and during the show, the opening of the show, China's youth unemployment um, unemployment rate meaning, you know, those uh, people without a job aged 16 to four, uh, 24, uh, the, the rate for that back in June was 21.3% for China. And in May, it was 20.8%. And globally, this is, a, this is from a report of the International Labor Organization, uh, quote unquote, the share of youth not in employment, education or training in 2020 the latest year for which a global estimate is available rose to 23.3%, an increase of 1.5 percentage points from the previous year and a level not seen in at least 15 years. Now, um, Chen Chen, 
Help us understand the level of twenty one point three percent in China June twenty twenty three against the global context, which I just mentioned. I mean, how should we take this level when we compare that with、uh, you know other economies, whether it's developed economy or developing economies? Sure. So when we compare the statistics, one phenomenon is that. Although both China、uh, and develop the developed countries, for example, the average level of the OECD countries, although both China and these OECD countries experienced a surge in terms of、uh, youth and unemployment rates because of the pandemic, but one、uh, difference is that in OECD countries,、uh, the youth unemployment rate already returned to lower level levels,、mm. but in China. Such rate continues to rise, and also if you compare the statistics to other developing countries, China's、uh, this rate is also relatively high.、Mm-hmm. I think one specific、uh, complexity in Chinese youth uh, uh, job market is that、uh, three factors, three important factors, collide all together at the moment.、Mm-hmm. Because usually when we talk about Why、uh, the youth unemployment rate is very high? We mentioned the structural factors, the economic cycle factors, and also the job market frictional factors.、Mm. But for now,、uh, the、uh, these three factors they collide together. So that's one prominent phenomenon in in China. But through,、um, among all these factors, one root、uh, course is the industrial upgrading.、Mm. Um, so you see that in some traditional Uh, industries, some positions and workplaces are already disappearing. So, from those industries, there is a large influx of labor into the job market. But on the other hand, in the, those emerging countries, although、uh, emerging industry industries,、uh, they have such uh, uh, demand for the、uh, for the laborers, but the、um, supply is not there. So, I would say.、Um, Uh, if you compare、uh, the statistics with、mm-hmm. other countries,、uh, the scenario in China is especially、uh, complex.、Mm. Um, Professor Powers, what's your observation? I mean, this twenty percent youth unemployment rate is not particularly, you know, only happening in China, right? Yes, that's true. But I, I think that、mm. we should see it as something of an aberration in China. This is this is not the long term historical rate.、Um, it、mm. is. As Professor Chen mentioned,、uh, the result of a number of different factors coming into play simultaneously.、Um, I, I, I think that、um, you, you can look at, you can look at other countries. India certainly、uh, may even have a higher、um, youth unemployment rate.、Mm-hmm. Um, in the European Union, there is it's quite heterogeneous. Actually,、mm-hmm. um, there are countries that are in the neighborhood of twenty percent、um, in, in terms of their historical average. There are others. That they're much lower, even substantially lower than than ten percent. But I, I think that、um, that probably、uh, coming out of the the COVID period,、uh, the best thing to do is to look back to where we were before the COVID period. And I know that we don't necessarily have the best long term、um, historical data on youth、mm. employment、um, prior to that. But but clearly.、Um, Clearly, the 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 figures、um, from 15 to 20 percent are historically high.、Um, I think that if、um, as the economy、uh, adjusts further to COVID, we will see that that number come down. But it does raise these other issues:、um, Are there things beyond just the some of the uncertainties and 
you know, the bumpiness that we're experiencing coming out of, of the COVID shutdown mm. that are at play here. And I, I think we probably are. I think that um, I think that that students, um, you know, college students have been studying the right subjects. Um, and I think that um, actually their their educational their training experience um, is probably providing going to provide a good fit mm. for the jobs that will be available in, in the next year or two. But right now, um, there there is some misalignment, and I think there's also perhaps uh, there there are other issues such as um, the, the a, a, a rapid growth in um, the expectations of younger people as to what t- types of jobs they could find, or their parents, mm. uh, their expectations, um, given you know in, in terms of the the actual growth rate of the economy. So. It's it's a complicated issue, but I I, I don't think in terms of the overall um, the overall unpl- unemployment rate we we should be thinking of twenty percent as as a normal figure. I think it's it's an aberration. I think that you will see that it will come down substantially in the months ahead. Mm. Professor Liu, what, how do you see this? I mean, what's your observation in terms of you know how China the Chinese economy handled this issue uh, historically? Well. Mm. Uh, First of all, it does not really give China relief if uh, other countries are doing worse. Uh, <laughs> You're right. So, mm. Over the past uh, uh, three years, you know, as a professor at the school, uh, you know, many students, I haven't really seen them. So mm. they, they, uh, they learn online and they graduate on, even online and uh, they didn't really have the opportunity to uh, have face to face discussion. So education quality is uh, pretty much put into question. And plus that uh, they didn't even have the internship opportunities. So therefore, suddenly when they are thrown into the job market mm-hmm. and they feel very much at loss. And on the other hand, employers are really uh, looking for the expe- uh, for the rapid adaptation of those uh, uh, youngsters who are ready to take a job position within their company because they do not really have the time and money and even patience to train them. So this is also a uh, another factor. And also was uh, the dialogue uh, result from many of those employers. And uh, they, they would say, okay, yeah, youngsters, they are not really uh, very stable and they are grasshoppers. They, uh, mm-hmm. they can uh, change uh, companies for uh, three times a um, uh, minimum a year. So therefore, they do not really want to uh, have heavy expenditure to provide them the training for their competitors over those young people. And uh, uh, right now, I think the uh, solution lies still. The right way is really to boost the uh, private sector because they provide the uh, 92 or even more uh, percent of the job opportunities for mm-hmm. the youngsters. And uh, also that mm-hmm. uh, to allow the market economy to really work so that they can really identify uh, more of the job opportunities uh, even for their own family. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are really the positive solutions. And uh, lastly, I think the, you know, some of the uh, youth unemployment was really result of the trade tensions with many of the major partners China is dealing with because China is heavily dependent on the uh, export. So therefore, mm-hmm. when the more of the restrictions and even sanctions over uh, Chinese companies, and uh, many of them lose export orders. So therefore, they have to downsize their business, not, not to mention to recruit new uh, 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 new positions to fill. Mm, right. Well, this is indeed very complicated. The chat lounge.
The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. At a press conference uh, announcing uh, the June uh, employment figures, uh, which we just mentioned, a spokesperson with China's National Bureau of Statistics said, "China's as China's economy continued to improve, employment rate will con- continue to improve as well." He also said, "Yet structural problems will persist." He said, "While some young people are having difficulties seeking a job, some industries or employers are finding it hard to recruit." Um, now, Chen Chen, in your observation, what are these structural problems that were mentioned by by this spokesperson? Um, I think one、uh, specifically important issue is the mismatch between education and skill,、mm. uh, which was repeatedly mentioned. But recently, when I pay a、uh, field visit to Shenzhen,、uh, which is one of the most developed country、uh, developed、uh, cities in China, I was really、uh, surprised by how quick. Uh, the local vocational education school has developed. Actually,、uh, you know,、uh, if you look specifically look at the job market for、uh, in terms of for training the、uh, early childhood education and care, you would find that in China the、mm. um, supply be,、uh, of the, for example, the child care workers,、uh, professional child care workers, and the demand is so mismatched.、Uh, mm. The young parents. Or the babies, they、uh, would like to have a professional uh, uh, daycare、uh, teachers for、uh, their babies, but、mm. they can they they can't find reliable ones. They could only,、um, I think, a latest statistics is that only six percent of Chinese young Chinese parents could be able to send their babies to、uh, nurseries. Many others do not、uh, trust them,、uh, and they do not think these professionals can provide quality. Education for their babies in terms of teaching them, teaching them music,、mm. teaching them natural、uh, knowledge. But you know,、uh, in China,、uh, in college,、uh, we don't, we do not even have、uh, many colleges that、uh, supplying these、uh, courses. You know, in Finland, in countries like Finland, more than ninety percent of the、uh, professional child care workers they hold at least a bachelor degree.、Mm. But in China,、uh, Many college students do not think this is a decent job, and they do also do not receive such decent education in college.、Mm. So, I think、um, this is one specific、um, structural issue we need to、um, solve right away.、Mm. Professor Powers, what other structural problems do you see? I mean, surely the mismatch between supply and demand is one of them, but is it the only one? Well, I, I think that as we, we've all, all mentioned, there are a number of different factors.、Um, so certainly, there's more than one factor coming into play here. I think that one of one of the observations made by Professor Chen was very important.、Uh, she、uh, was speaking about the importance of vocational education.、Mm-hmm. That's something that I know from my you know my background in the United States, coming from the United States. Uh, it's something that unfortunately has been de-emphasized because、um, mm-hmm. there's so much. So much effort, so so much emphasis on on students going to college, going to a four year regular four year college, getting a bachelor's degree, possibly going on to graduate education, and then the, this other type of very important training is neglected. She mentioned, Professor Chen mentioned that、um, in Finland,、um, the the、uh, care workers, some of the the,、um, the 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 child care workers in particular, perhaps、um, have bachelor's degrees. 
And one one issue that comes comes to mind when when you when you make an observation like that is whether that means that the people with bachelor's degrees are being attracted to the family care, the child care um, type of employment, mm. or whether you're providing just a broader uh, college background for everybody in society so that more people, even those in more vocational type uh, professions, also have a, a college background. And that type of balance is something that is always going to be important uh, to consider. But I, I don't I, I think that we should we should not um, overemphasize the importance of four year Bachelor, traditional bachelor's degrees, we should be looking at uh, vocational education and making sure that um, the training that pe- young people are getting is matching the, the types of jobs that are in the, um, in the economy at the time. But I, I think there is another, another bigger issue, mm. um, which has to do with expectations of graduates. Mm. I think that they are, uh, some people might say they're overqualified or, you know, the training was, was too too optimistic for 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 the development of the economy but i don't really feel that that's the case i feel that the, the training is appropriate but i feel that expectations are high mm. and i also feel that there are some cultural issues that uh, young people um, although they are extremely creative um, and innovative and you can see this in um, in some of the things that are going on in uh, you know the these online services like Douyin and Kwai Show, mm. um, they are you know creating they're creating a material entertainment material sometimes selling products online and so forth, but they are not they are not going into high tech startups mm. um, and other types of riskier ventures um, that require some capital to get started. So I think we 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 have students that are very smart they're very well trained that have creative energy. Um, but but there needs to be some further um, steps taking to provide the incentive and impetus mm. for them to invest in, um, you know, in in in, in um, manufacturing or, or technology um, portions of, of the economy, which will um, have a greater impact. And I think that some of that is culture. I think parents um, tend to see those as very high risk um, <laughs> options. They don't, don't right. want their children uh, to do that, they would prefer that they, they look for something more stable. And I think that there's also uh, a funding issue that there, it's very difficult to get funding um, in the in the Chinese economy at the moment mm. for those types of small private enterprises. Mm. Well, we mentioned um, COVID. Uh, we also mentioned uh, the mismatch uh, between supply and demand. We also mentioned, uh, Professor Powers mentioned uh, expectation of the job market among graduates. Uh, Professor Liu, what other factors do you think uh, are contributing to this uh, unemployment, youth unemployment rate uh, in China in the past few months? Well, uh, in the industrialization process, uh, normally mm. the growth is really decoupled with uh, the employment because uh, uh, there's more mechanization and uh, also now more of the uh, AI is being deployed so that uh, the uh, people with conventional skills are not really suitable for uh, the advancement of uh, such sort of uh, industrial operation. So this is really a, a good sign, but uh, it's painful to those uh, the uh, job seekers, mm. and th- this means that uh, we are going uh, uh, for high quality growth with more added value, uh, which is beneficial to the employer and even uh, to the state, but not really for the 
uh, new job seekers. Mm -hmm. And the other issue is uh, uh, to do with the uh, with the mismatch actually between different departments of the Chinese government and uh, the Ministry mm -hmm. of Education. They de decide on the curriculum, and uh, you know those youngsters need to uh, to grasp and uh, the. Uh, National uh, uh, Reform and Development Commission are responsible to deal with the industrial mapping. Uh, I hope that's that's going to be a better co coordination between uh, the different ministries. And uh, uh, the other is that, uh, after all, it is really the foreign companies and private companies who are really to uh, to provide, you know, those uh, 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 of the job opportunity uh, job opportunities. And more of the subsidies uh, should be given to those private uh, the employers. One of CGTN Radio's most popular programs, World Today provides listeners with a strong mix of international news and business. It delivers in-depth analysis of current affairs and one-on-one -on -one interviews, bringing you the stories behind the news, not just what's happening, but why. My name is Alessandro Golombievsk Teixeira. I'm a professor of public policy and management at Tsinghua University in Beijing. I am a great listener of The World Today. In my opinion, The World Today is one of the best China radio programs. In The World Today, we can get the best news and analysis in what is happening now in the world. So please, come to join us. Welcome back. You're listening to Chat Lounge on CGTN Radio. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. Continue with our discussion. All of you have mentioned, uh, you know, the it's, it's actually the more educated uh, group of uh, young people are hurting more in this uh, youth unemployment issue. Uh, let's talk about, you know, the background to it and how we may approach the issue. Um, I, I read a recent report by scholars in the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. It said young people with higher education credentials are finding it harder to land a job. The report quoted data and said in 2021, 42% of jobless urban young people hold a three-year college diploma. Now, Professor Liu mentioned the lack of communication between, you know, the group of people who design the school curriculums and the group of people who actually do in the industrial mapping in China. Does the problem only lie within the policymakers? What other issues might have contributed to the fact that these better educated young people are hurting more? Uh, Chen Chen, what's your understanding? I think one um, mm. very prominent phenomenon is the degree bubble or degree mm. inflation in China that mm. the students have been witnessing in recent years. If you do a survey, just roughly, not not even scientifically, mm. if you just randomly uh, ask a few students in Renmin University of China, the PhD students will definitely tell you it's much more difficult for them to get a job in the market compared with the master's students mm. or even the um, 
I mean, uh, master students are uh, they they are perceived as the uh, best group that uh, could most easily get a job in the、mm, market. That's interesting.、Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And、mm. uh, uh, the competition among、uh, these students are becoming、uh, much more fierce,、uh, especially、uh, this year. So,、um, so one reason is that. Uh, because of the economic downturn,、uh, previously some top students, the、uh, after graduation,、uh, the, the top students from, for example, the best universities in China, previously they could probably choose、uh, IT giants and also financial companies as their very first uh, uh, destination. But now they are also involved in the average companies competition, so that leaves are even. Uh, more difficult choice for other job seekers from the average college in、uh, throughout China.、Mm. So, in the past、uh, few years,、uh, especially after 2018, one interesting phenomenon is that the undergraduates'、uh, mentality has been changed much more.、Mm. Uh, many of them, since day one, <laughs> uh, as a freshman, they will consider、uh, whether they can be guaranteed a quota、uh, uh, from exemption of the.、Uh, Uh, graduate school uh, uh, wow, entrance examination、really? in university.、Mm. Yeah,、mm. so if not,、uh, they will consider about、uh, taking an exam and prepare for that exam. So everyone so, wants to get a master's degree instead of just、yeah. going to the uh, market uh, job market with a bachelor degree. Yeah, because of、mm. the fierce competition, so、uh, many companies they use the screening. Uh, the very simple method、uh, use the degree screening. So if you do not have a master's degree, even、mm. you graduate from Stanford University, <laughs> so <laughs> you do not have a master、mm. degree in China. Yeah, I have a friend. <laughs> so、mm. um, uh, very, very,、uh, he's very young, and、mm. he、uh, could not.、Uh, he he now、uh, returned to the master school <laughs> to、oh, get a master、right. degree. So,、mm. Yeah. So I think.、Um, The the fate for the college students nowadays is much more cruel、mm. <laughs> compared to the days I was in college. So now、uh, they 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 are facing with endless examinations. Even after、uh, what when they are about to graduate, they need to consider to take the examination to become a、uh, um, uh, civil servant、mm. uh, or also get a quota at the public. Uh, service institu- institution, not necessarily in the first tier city, but also maybe in their hometown city、mm. or in the second tier city. So there is a, a joke that the、mm. end of the universe is to become a civil servant. Wow! So, <laughs> well,、mm. the competition is ex- extremely、um, fierce now,、mm. and uh, uh, I, I think.、Um, Uh, on the one hand, the degree inflation is there, so it it, it means previously,、uh, as an undergraduate, you could find a good job, but now you must become a, 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 a master student,、um, and uh, 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 these students they naturally still face the same、um, uh, level of uh, uh, competition.、Mm. So that gives us the illusion that oh, the higher degree holders are now、uh, finding it hard to. Uh, get the uh, uh,、mm. employment, but that, that's not necessarily the true case.、Mm. So we mentioned、uh, the the policy factors in this, as well as、uh, what Chen Chen mentioned, the degree inflation problem. 
Actually, China's education minister addressed this issue at a recent press conference,、uh, which happened in early July.、Uh, his name is Huai Jinpeng. He said, "China's higher education design will adapt continuously to the evolving socio-economic development in the country." He said, "College graduate talent supply not only need to match the demand of the labor market, but also need to view the demand with foresight." Now, Professor Powers, what challenges do you think have been posed for college education in China、uh, when we consider youth employment issue, and how do you think policymakers can approach these challenges? I think that Professor Chen has hit upon、um, a number of very important items,、um, and I guess I would start with the the, the question of whether、uh, of this this issue of degree inflation or oversupply.、Mm. Uh, there, I think it. Yeah, that from the perspective of employers, they have higher expectations that that students will have、um, more and better degrees, and, and I think that on the、um, the, the 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 student side,、um, in many cases、uh, there are more deg- people pursuing these degrees because they haven't been able to find、uh, positions in, in the workforce, and in particular during the COVID period when.、Mm-hmm. These job opportunities、um, had had dwindled. Many people chose then、uh, to take the opportunity to go on and get an advanced degree, so that in a sense now we have an oversupply of people with advanced degrees taking jobs that really don't require,、um, in terms of substance, don't require that kind of training. So I think that there is、uh, there is an oversupply of advanced degrees, and I think that that's something that we will see stabilize. Um, as we move out of the COVID period, and also as people learn from experience, you just mentioned this issue、mm. of having some foresight, looking ahead, and 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 seeing what the market de- demands. I think I think that that people are going to the word is going to get out that、um, it may not be worth it to pursue a, a more advanced degree if there really aren't jobs available once you you come out the other side.、Um, But I, I think that、um, there, there, this other issue, the 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 long term objective of many students, that is,、uh, to go to get a job with the government, I think that that is part of the difficulty, that they have very、um, very high levels of training, they have higher degrees, you know, than than、mm-hmm. ever before,、um, and yet there still is this long term objective, the, the most desired. Um, type of job for many people is the stable job that comes with employment in the government,、mm. and that's fine for you know a certain group of people. My first job actually in the, when I got out of graduate school in the United States was was for government,、mm. so I, I you know I think that that's a fine thing fine thing to do,、mm. but、um, it's not going to that's not going to be the growth area for employment in the future. It can't be.、Um, Government does have a role to play, and I think that the role is through、um, working with the universities and trying to help them have foresight as to which, you know, which which subject areas are, are going to be most useful in, in the economy. Whether there should be more emphasis on vocational training、mm-hmm. and so forth, but I think also it, there needs to be. And I, I want to go back to the, this this cultural issue because it is related very much to. The long-term objective of, of job stability,、mm. and that is, that I think that that we need to to take some steps to make it more attractive, more desirable to go into to to go into smaller companies,、um, ones that don't necessarily have 
the, the, the recognized stability or the glamorous name associated with them, but actually in most countries in the world are, are the ones that are, are providing the most jobs and often the, the newest jobs and perhaps even the most exciting jobs in terms of the technology sector. I think there needs to be some um, further uh, thinking about how mm -hmm. to encourage um, young people to go into what in the past has been seen as either less glamorous or too risky. Um, and that can be done through, um, through efforts, um, so some funding efforts, um, as opposed to other ways that, that the government might spend its money to try to solve this problem. As, um, as Professor Leo said, mm. you know, hiring more people in, in government or state-owned enterprises, that could be a short-term solution, but I think that it would be better to put the funding into developing areas um, for venture capital and investment in um, what have in the past been seen higher risk areas of the economy. Of the economy. Right. Now, um, Professor Liu, um, uh, I mean, Professor Powers mentioned, uh, you know, the college uh, degree design should probably, you know, have the kind of foresight that will further facilitate and found the uh, the developing areas and developing industries. I mean, what kind of other kind of foresight do you think China's college education need these days? One thing is really uh, how we can really decentralize the control over particularly those vocational schools. Mm -hmm. Now it's the government is, uh, is uh, there to do everything uh, to deal with education. Actually, for vocational, uh, vocational schools, they can, uh, uh, they can really invite more of the private sector than even foreign sectors. Uh, uh, to really to participate into the Chinese uh, uh, the vocational education circle, and this is something that uh, they are reluctant to do. And uh, uh, the other is that uh, you know uh, how to really encourage companies to work uh, more closely with those vocational schools. That's another issue. I visited a number of vocational schools. Actually, they are uh, simply teaching literacy. They simply learn basic math and uh, uh, language, so which has no really practical utility mm. uh, to meet the employer's need. So uh, employers need to be consulted and uh, the uh, and uh, those uh, the uh, managers of those vocational schools needs to be motivated to uh, uh, to engage in proactive dialogue with those uh, employers and hopefully that uh, they can really join hands. Uh, in training the right type of skills that uh, they really require. And this is something pretty much uh, in the lacking. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other issue is that uh, uh, we normally throw two blames on Confucius culturally <laughs> because uh, Confucius encouraged you know, everyone to uh, go for the highest degree. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, secondly, uh, those uh, uh, best learned will go to uh, serve the public. Mm -hmm. And uh, now you know, to be a public servant, uh, there's nothing wrong with it, but uh, the motivation is really uh, pretty much a, a question. It is there when really job security prevails, the job vitality uh, for young people, the society and the economy is really having a problem. I always encourage young people to go to areas that they have uncertain design mm. so that they can really discover um, uh, new opportunities that they, they didn't expect. So now, uh, you know, when they are still young, they look for a job security and stability. And this is not uh, something that we really uh, would really encourage. And plus, mm. if you if you compare the uh, the uh, 
government budget uh, in terms of expenses to pay the public servant salary, uh, China is also, uh, already exceedingly high. So we do not need a lot more bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. We need people who really uh, are able and have the opportunity to roll up their sleeves and do the right of work for productivity. Well, um I think um, almost every one of you have mentioned uh, the issue of uncertainty. I think in general, not only people in China, but also around the world may are, are st- uh, probably still in the aftershock of uh, COVID, which, uh, you know, created a lot of uncertainties in the job market, in financial security, etc. I think that's one of the reasons, you know, why these young people and their parents are encouraging, you know, to pursue a job with security. But as Professor Liu said, you know, when you're young, risks and uncertainties also mean opportunities. So explore more is perhaps uh, one of the better options. Um, yeah, the other issue I mm-hmm. want to mention, Liu Kun, is that mm-hmm. uh, for entrepreneurship, yes, we really, uh, for year, uh, for the past few years, uh, before the uh, pandemic, we used to be very much enthused to, to boost the uh entrepreneurship and we mm-hmm. can also see there is an there's a rising number of uh, uh, small and medium uh, sized enterprises but this num- uh, behind this number we can also see the lifespan of the chinese uh, small businesses is again uh, you know, one third or even one quarter as mm-hmm. compared with the uh, de- uh, developed uh, economies so therefore uh, when when I w- was really doing the uh, government performance review for uh, uh, on the economy side uh, over the 14th five-year plan, mm. I raised very critically that uh, you know we do need to to provide better guidance and better support. Uh, it's it's not only the you know in terms of the finance, but uh, uh, if we can really draw on the experience of those developed uh, economies to build more of the expertise to guide. Uh, the uh, the uh, new young startups to to move on a steady pace uh, so that uh, you know their uh, the company's lifespan can be expanded and then jobs uh, more of the job opportunities can be created and it also gave people more on uh, more sort of uh, certainty in their uh, job career. Mm. So entrepreneurship, um, uh, another key issue here. The chat lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. I think Professor Liu earlier said uh, during the discussion that, uh, you know, some uh, certain type of industries are going through rapid uh, changes in China. I think that's uh, he said one of the that's one of the reasons, you know, why uh, young people are losing jobs, because these segments, these industries really employ a lot of young people. Um, now, Chen Chen, what's your observation in terms of, you know, how China's industrial adjustment in the past a few years for example, you know, we see adjustments in internet economies, platform economies, high-tech companies, real estate, etc. How do you see these adjustments influence the young job, the job market for the young? Change. Yes, they have very severe influence on the um, youth job market. Mm. Um, we have the government statistics from the National Bureau of Statistics. Uh, such industries like the real estate, education, hotel, IT, mm. they indeed in the previous years tend to employ uh, more young people compared to other sectors. 
and uh, you know, especially in Beijing, some of the technology, science and technology um, universities, one major, like the computer science major, mm -hmm. they could have uh, fostered graduates, hundreds of graduates every year. So one uh, big uh, IT giant could solve all the employment issues for, for the whole class. But this year, you can see that the uh, um, shock of the pandemic on mm -hmm. the service industry, especially in the sectors I, I just mentioned, uh, is, is indeed um, the reason, uh, uh, one of the major reasons for uh, the high youth unemployment rate. The economic study shows that if the output of this um, service industry, if the uh, overall output increased by every one percentage point, then they can help decrease the unemployment rate by uh, 0 0.6 percentage points. Wow. So you can mm. connection is really uh, very strong. Mm. And uh, um, I, I, so th these are very cruel statistics that the young people are facing nowadays. So um, one uh, point I especially want to emphasize is that we really can't blame the uh, young students to not have uh, entrepreneurship. Because mm. if, if just one decade ago we can encourage them, feed them with all kinds of chicken soup and they buy it mm. because the web legends are everywhere from every sector and they are just uh, beside us. Mm. But nowadays, uh, especially during the economic fluctuations, uh, they choose to um, the safest uh, um, job, safest choice in mm. their eyes. I think I do not think we can blame the young students for that. Um, with that said, uh, I agree with the uh, um, Professor Liu that um, the private economy is indeed the biggest pool for providing the uh, the jobs in the mm. market. So one thing that the government needs to systematically do is to uh, vigor, uh, provide vigor or stimulate vigor of the um, private economy mm. for the Young students, uh, uh, for them, I still want to emphasize that mm. in China, the pride, the pride connected to uh, the degree, uh, there's nothing to blame for it. Mm. So, um, uh, because for the young students throughout these years, this is the only way to climb up the social ladder, mm. to radically change the fate from uh, the, the last generation to uh, flow into the cities from the rural areas. So today they still equally attach the same values to that. So nowadays we can't blame that, oh, they are now going to the government jobs instead of, uh, for example, do some uh, mm. market jobs that they do not think have enough value. Mm. I think we can't blame the value, but instead to um, vigorize the uh, private economy, that's the, that's the solution. Mm. Well, I think that's uh, that's that's an issue that's related to uh, the perception of young people uh these days let let's see some uh, comments from uh from outside china because uh quite a few major western media outlets have picked up the story this uh youth unemployment issue as a sign of china experiencing sluggish economic growth for example a story by the wall street journal on youth unemployment in china runs this headline quote unquote how bad is China's economy? Millions of young people are unemployed and disillusioned. Um, now, Professor Powers, is it fair to make a, such a judgment on, you know, on the condition of the Chinese economy based on these uh, youth unemployment rate in the country? I mean, in reality, really is uh, how is the Chinese economy faring in general? 
Well, I, I don't think that it's fair to to draw too many conclusions about the economy in general. If you look at, mm. for example, the overall uh, uh, unemployment rate in China, that has remained um, fairly around five, stable. I think, and yeah, around five point five. In in, um, in in recent recent years and and um, it, it, up to the, the present period, so I I think that. Um, what you're seeing in, with a headline such as that one is there's always this interest in how how is China doing and how is the Chinese economy doing, um, and if there's some you know some bad news and that, that can be identified, then then of course the media want to tie those things together. Having said that, of mm. course, if the economy were growing um, more more prodigiously at the moment, uh, that youth unemployment rate would be would be substantially lower, be at least a few points lower. So what we're seeing, of course, is several things happening at the same time. And one of the reasons that the youth unemployment rate is is at a high is that the economy is um, its its growth is somewhat bumpy coming out of. The COVID period, there's a good quarter and then there's a weaker quarter. So I, I think that that is um, that is about as far as I would go in terms of drawing conclusions about the economy in general. Certainly, if the growth were stronger, um, we would see a lower youth on unemployment level. But I, there are many other factors uh, that are affecting that, as we've discussed so far. Mm. But Professor Powers, are you confident that you know the youth unemployment rate uh, among China's young people might return to the pre-pandemic level in the next few months, or maybe in the next one or two years? I think that it will take um, one or two years. I think mm. that what we what we will see is that by the end of this calendar year, uh, there will be a, a few point reduction in the um, youth unemployment rate. Uh, to get back to pre-COVID levels, I think that that's going to require that the economy um, adjust as a whole in terms of you know the, the shifts that uh, the, my, my colleagues have talked about mm. um, in terms of uh, the, the advantages and disadvantages that some sectors have experienced. But I, I think that we will see the figure come down over the next couple of years. Mm. Um, Professor Liu, um, the Chinese uh, government, um, especially the central government, different uh, departments are coming up with uh, solutions to boost the economy, especially in the past week or so. Uh, do you think the chi- the policymakers are responding fast enough to the youth employment uh, issue in the country? What are they doing right? Well. Uh, on the positive note, I, uh, mm. we can see that uh, when the uh, Chinese economy is really uh, moving to a target of uh, around 5% growth rate, whereas the global economy can really reach maximum 2% of the growth rate. So the economy is not really doing uh, too bad, because uh, also given that uh, the size of the economy is so large that we cannot really uh, have a linear prediction of the Chinese economic growth. I should say this is really a pain that China needs to pay for uh, a uh, transformation into high quality growth. Uh, right now, we can see that uh, the job quality is really increasing and also the environmental control is also in place. We do notice the uh, the quality of the uh, of the such sort of growth. Mm. And uh, the other is that uh, uh, we can also see that why some of the uh, uh, youngsters are still they're uh, being selective over their jobs because their parents can really afford it. So, <laughs> given the Chinese mm. culture, mm. and uh, well, uh, t- 
20 years ago, even 30 years ago, in our generation, you know, uh, our, our parents mm. couldn't really afford, which means there's no accumulation of social wealth to mm. uh, su- uh, to support uh, their uh, selection of jobs, whatever jobs they need to go for it, and just to make a living out of it. Yeah, well, uh, I think Professor Liu mentioned one very important factor, which is as China's middle class, uh, the number of Chinese middle class families grow, more and more parents and their children can afford, you know, to slow down the employment process. Uh, and when we talk about these uh, young people these days, Chen Chen, one f- final question for you. We already passed the, gro- uh, the graduate season now, but uh, if you're going to pass one piece of advice to the young people seeking employment these days, what would you say? Um, I would say relax. <laughs> <laughs> what do you not, mean by that? I will not exert any more pressure because mm-hmm. I witness the students day and night. So <laughs> I think make enough efforts. They keep taking all kinds of examinations. And if they can't stay in Beijing, um, they will keep seeking jobs in other cities. They travel here and there. So I don't think I can give extra advice to them because they are already making endeavors enough. Mm. Well, I would really do okay. the opposite. Uh-huh. You know, go hit on the road and you know uh, get a job with the gas tank or uh, get a job with the uh, grocery and make money right away. <laughs> That's a, a very good piece of advice. What about you, Professor Powers? Uh, my advice uh, probably would be somewhat cultural in, in terms of perspective. I think I would advise them to differentiate themselves to make themselves a unique. So that they um, that they are more attractive to employers in various parts of the economy. Mm. Well, thank you for all these uh, advices, and indeed, thank you for talking to me today. That was Chen Chen Chen, economist with Renmin University of China. Michael Powers, Zurich Insurance Group professor of risk and finance at Tsinghua University. Also, Liu Baocheng, director of the Center for International Business Ethics, University of International Business and Economics. You've been listening to Chat Lunch on CGTN Radio. Thank you for joining us for this edition. Until next time, I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. James Wren, a political analyst and international relations scholar specializing in China area studies. World Today offers unmatched in-depth perspectives on China's politics, economics, business, technology, and society. World Today's team of reporters and contributors provides valuable information from all of the world's major economies. I hope you can join me on World Today for the very best insights and news from China, on China, and help to build a better understanding of China's role in the world today. Welcome. I'm Elaf Ellard, economics professor and member of the Data Science and AI Center at New York University, Shanghai. On the World Today program, you can find in-depth and impartial insight, as well as critical commentary on key trends in the Chinese economy, financial technology, business, and blockchain. 
to prepare for the world tomorrow. Join me on World Today.